0: if you're ready to get inspired, learn, grow, evolve, to connect, and up-level your life, then you've come to the right place. I am beyond excited that you're here. So let's dive in. Hi friends. I so badly wanted to say welcome back, but I feel like I start every podcast episode off like that. So hello. Welcome. <laughs> it's so awkward. Anyway. I love starting off these solo episodes with a little bit of breath work. So let's start off with a round of breath to get present, centered, relaxed, and open to receiving today's conversation. So if you're somewhere safe, close down the eyes, soften the jaw, soften your forehead, allow your body to get heavy. Maybe you're standing, sitting, laying. Good. Gently seal the lips and relax the tongue in the mouth. Let's take a big breath in through the nose. Big exhale out through the mouth. Again, big breath in. Bigger breath out. Last one, big breath in. Biggest breath out. (sighs) Ah. All right, now that we are present, let's get into today's chat. Today I'm talking about self-doubt and you might want to grab your journal and a pen for this chat because we are diving deep. This episode is not just a listen once and move on type of episode either. I want to just preface this right now. Save this episode, listen to it weekly or however often you need to. This is a supportive and motivational chat with your girl that I hope that you can come back to anytime you are knee-deep in self-doubt and whenever you need a little bit of support and inspiration to step back into your power. Okay, so self-doubt, where do I even begin? Where do I even begin? I wanted to devote an entire episode to self-doubt because the reality is that everyone grapples with self-doubt at one time or another. Literally everyone. Even the most successful, the most spiritually evolved, the happiest humans experience self-doubt at one time or another. And honestly, a little self-doubt is not only normal, it's actually healthy. A little bit of self-doubt keeps us humble and it prevents us from crossing that fine line between healthy self-confidence and know-it-all narcissism. The trick with self-doubt is to keep it in check, right? It's to not let it derail us from taking risks and going for big goals and creating the life that we so deeply desire. It's the unregulated self-doubt that we need to overhaul, right? Unregulated self-doubt is an absolute dream killer. When you're feeling overcome with self-doubt, you can feel absolutely paralyzed. And trust me, when I say I have been there so many times before in my life but over the years I've learned that self-doubt is just that. It's self-imposed doubt which means if you've learned to chronically doubt yourself then you can unlearn it. It just takes a little bit of awareness and the proper tools to deal with it when it comes up. The dictionary definition of self-doubt is a lack of confidence in oneself and one's abilities. I like to take a holistic approach to all of the things so instead of looking at the doubt itself i like to get a little dirty do a little digging and get to the root of it because i truly believe that examining this with a lens of truth and honesty will allow you to face these things head on in a powerful way so that you can use the power of choice to pivot and make a new choice plain and simply self-doubt feeds off of limiting beliefs So if we want to overcome self-doubt, we need to gain some understanding of limiting beliefs and what they are and how they work. Limiting beliefs are a set of beliefs that we have about ourselves which constrain us in some way. Some are conscious and some are not so conscious. And regardless of whether they're conscious or not, just by believing them, we do not think, do, or say the things that they inhibit. And in doing so, we impoverish our lives. We all have our own set of limiting beliefs. Some are more ingrained in us than others. Some of these limiting beliefs are formed by ourselves as a result of experiences, and some of them we have taken on from other people. Whether we realize it or not, though, our beliefs shape our reality. Beliefs can stem from our cultural background, organized religion, the education system, childhood experiences. They can come from the media. They can come from friends and they can even come from someone seemingly insignificant that you encounter regularly. Limiting beliefs attach themselves to you without conscious thought and they will bury their way deep in your psyche going unnoticed until you become aware that there's a block in your life and you begin to get curious. They are called limiting beliefs because they do exactly that they limit us by creating boundaries and self-built blocks that prevent us from going for the things we have convinced ourselves are out of reach. They are also oftentimes tied tightly to intense emotion. And this is important because emotions are full of energetic vibrations. And according to the law of vibration, we are magnets for things vibrating on a similar frequency to us. So the law of vibration, this is probably a topic for a whole other episode, (laughs) but just to give some context, the law of vibration states that we attract what we are sending out into the universe. When we think a certain thought, our brain's cells or neurons will vibrate at a certain frequency, and this high-speed frequency will attract whatever you send out through your thoughts. So basically, if you feel that you're not enough, you will continue to attract situations and people that make you feel like you're not enough. Or if you feel like you'll always be in financial debt and you feel fear around money, then you will continue to attract more of those fear-based lack vibrations into your life. The craziest part about limiting beliefs is that most of the time, they're absolutely false. But once that belief is cemented in our minds, we are constantly filtering out evidence to support it, which leads to massive amounts of self-doubt and low self-esteem. I talked a little bit about this in the very first episode of this podcast, but I wanna touch on it again as I think that it's a really clear example of how the law of vibration works. I came into this world to a mother who very much wanted me and a father who was very much not into the idea of being my parent. My father's reasons for not wanting to be a parent or my parent are his own problems, but I felt that energy, right? Like I have always been extremely intuitive and sensitive and I could feel that he didn't want a relationship with me. And unfortunately, when I was younger, I really couldn't comprehend that it was because of his own incapacity to love. So instead I simplified it and I made it my fault. And as young as seven years old, I began to build a belief system about myself that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worthy, that there was something wrong with me, and that I didn't deserve love, respect, or attention. And throughout my childhood, teen years, and honestly, my early 20s, I unconsciously clung to this belief system and continued to attract people and situations that made me feel that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't worthy, that there was something wrong with me, and people that made me feel like I didn't deserve love, respect, or attention. And each time I would encounter a person or situation that provided evidence to my supporting belief, my ego would be like, see, you're not worthy. And, and you know, fear and the ego are tricky like that. We cling to what we know. Our brains are designed to keep us safe, not happy. And even if what we find safe is heartbreaking, we will automatically choose to stay there because it's familiar. And it really wasn't until I started to get curious about my self-doubt that I was able to start to see clearly that I was married to a false belief system about myself. And it was really only then that I was able to change my narrative and make a shift. Recognizing, recognizing, right? That I held the key was a game changer. Blaming others for my self-doubt got me absolutely nowhere, but taking responsibility, that that gave me my power back because by owning it, I affirmed to myself that I actually held the power to change it. I don't know why, but I'm feeling compelled to share this random story <laughs> since we're doing stories, but back in the day, like a really long time ago, I was an actress and before I moved to LA at 19, I was going to this acting coach who was an acting coach for Nickelodeon and Disney. And I used to drive all the way up from OC to Studio City twice a week for classes. Anyways, there's a there's a point to my story, I swear. In the studio bathroom, there was this metal paper towel dispenser by the toilet. And on it were tons of different quote magnets. They were like, dream big and dance like no one is watching. And one of the magnets said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And I remember sitting on the toilet <laughs> and reading it and being like, huh? I don't get it. Every time I go in the bathroom, I stare at this magnet. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. I'm like, what? That does not even make any sense. It, it just wasn't computing in my brain. But of course, years later, after I started to dive more into manifesting and self-help and self-discovery, I realized exactly what it meant. And it's basically what I'm talking to you about right now. It's about limiting beliefs. Your inner world shapes your outer world. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, You're right. Henry Ford said that, by the way. Also, speaking of quotes, there's a quote from Wayne Dyer that I absolutely love. He says, The only limits you have are the limits that you believe. And it's absolutely true. If you accept a limiting belief, then it will become a truth for you. We all get the choice to choose what we tolerate. And I know this might be a hard pill to swallow, but whatever you're not changing, you're actively choosing. Understanding your limiting beliefs so that you can begin to question and change them is so incredibly important, especially when it comes to overcoming self-doubt and creating the life that you desire. Humans, we, we have this unique capacity to create and whether we're doing it consciously, unconsciously, or subconsciously, we are constantly manifesting and creating our own realities. Step one in overcoming self-doubt is to examine your limiting beliefs. This, my friends, is a great time to whip out your journal and I want you to meditate or dream on and write down what limiting beliefs are you holding on to about yourself and your capabilities. For me, my list looked a little like I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm unwanted, I don't deserve love, I don't deserve respect, I'm stuck... I'll always be struggling. I'll never make more money than I do right now. My relationships will always be tumultuous. I'm not smart. I'm not pretty. Work is work. No one likes work. Therefore, work will always suck for me. The list went on. And OMG. Just thinking about all of those old beliefs I had allows me to see so clearly what was holding me back and keeping me small and unhappy for so many years. The opposite of self-doubt is self-love and self-confidence. And the most effective way to nourish your self-love and self-confidence is through shifting the beliefs that you subscribe to about yourself. So how do you do that? For me, I love using the power of positive affirmative statements to nourish my self-esteem when it's feeling low. If you haven't already, take a moment now, or maybe after you listen to this episode, to write down your limiting beliefs. What limiting beliefs are you holding on to about yourself and your capabilities? Once you get clear about what your limiting beliefs are, see how you can play off of those and transform them into positive, affirmative statements. So as an example, let's take one of my old limiting beliefs. My limiting belief was, my relationships will always be tumultuous. So in order to rewrite that, my positive affirmative statement would be, I give and receive love easily. I am worthy of healthy, fulfilling, passionate love. I hope that makes sense. Rewriting your limiting beliefs on a subconscious level takes time, consistency, and practice. It's not a one and done thing, but each time you actively choose a new belief and thought in place of your limiting belief, it starts to become a habit. Okay, so you know I love me some actionable steps. So I have written out an entire list of actionable steps that you can start implementing to help you overcome self-doubt. So if you're writing this down, which I hope that you are, number one would be identifying your limiting beliefs. And number two would be transform your list of limiting beliefs into positive affirmative statements. Commit to affirming your real worth. Come up with some positive affirmative statements that support you on a personal level. Talk to yourself be your own cheerleader. I like to write out my affirmations on post-its and put them around my house so that I can see and speak them and think them frequently throughout the day. I also like to use the voice notes app on my phone. This is a super top tip to record myself speaking the empowering affirmative words that I need to hear on repeat. And I'll play it while I'm driving or taking a walk. And I just feel like you just got to be your own guru. You know, you got to guide yourself to confidence. Right. So that's one, two. Number three would be be mindful. Be mindful about how you speak to and about yourself. And I feel like this one kind of ties into the first two, but it's important. So I'm just going to remind you again and have you write it out again, because we can't change something if we don't recognize that there is something to change. By simply becoming aware of our negative self-talk, we can begin to distance ourselves from the feelings it brings up, and this act of awareness is the very thing that will enable us to start to identify with them less. Without that awareness, it's really easy to fall back into the trap of believing those limiting beliefs and limiting self-talk. As soon as you find yourself going down that path of self-criticism, you just got to take a breath, take a pause, get curious about it, acknowledge it, and then remind yourself, these are thoughts, not facts. You know, our words and our thoughts are powerful, but it's up to us to use them in a positive way. Number four is learn to accept compliments. I don't know about you guys, but my gut reaction when someone compliments me is to deny, deny, deny. But all that does is feed self-doubt. If someone pays you a compliment, accept it and soak it in. Confidence and humbleness can coexist. Loving yourself in a healthy, supportive way does not make you a narcissist. If someone compliments you, meet them with gratitude and embrace it. Number five is don't compare. This is so hard, especially in this day and age where we are inundated with pictures of beautiful people on social media day in and day out, but comparison only leads to negative self-talk, which leads to stress and anxiety and more self-doubt. When you find yourself comparing, remind yourself that you are on your own path. You are unique. Your story is unique. Embrace that. No one is you and that is your power. For number six, I'm going to ask you to identify your strengths. And talents, and then develop them. And if you're like, Shayla, I'm talentless, I'm not good at anything, which I do not believe for one second, but hey, if you feel that way, I get it. I felt that way before too. But if you feel that way, then you know what? It's time for you to get curious and start exploring a variety of things that bring you joy. This is a really important step in my 12 week self discovery program, the Yoga Inspired Life. But engaging in things that bring you joy without judgment or expectations is a surefire way for you to discover your hidden strengths and talents. Number seven is move your body. Yes, exercise. Researchers have shown a direct correlation between exercise and higher self-esteem, as well as improved mental health. Moving your body releases feel-good endorphins. And when you take time to invest in your health, you just, you feel better. Speaking of investing in yourself, number eight is to take time to self-care eat nourishing foods, get sufficient rest and care for your body. The more time and energy you invest in you, the more you will begin to value yourself. You can't pour from an empty cup. What makes you feel good? I know self-care is a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but it's truly important when it comes to overcoming self-doubt. The goal here is to strengthen the relationship that you have with yourself and deepen your self-love and self-appreciation. For me, self-love and self-care comes in many different forms, but some of my more popular ones are yoga, working out, taking a walk outside with my dogs, listening to an inspiring podcast, taking a relaxing bath. I love getting manis and petties, or maybe even a massage. Taking extra time in my skincare routine, or even treating myself to a yummy, fresh juice or a smoothie out somewhere. The list goes on, but you know, you got to figure out some things that make you feel good and write them down. I actually have an entire list in my phone titled My Feel Good List, and it's a list of ways that I I like to self-care and I add to it whenever I think of something or experience something that makes me feel good. And I refer back to that list anytime I need some feel-good vibes. Number nine is to stop making excuses. And this is a little tough love tip, but it's necessary. Self-doubt can oftentimes make us rationalize a situation to fit our emotional state. And what I mean by that is we may be afraid to fail or afraid of looking bad or even afraid of taking on more than we think that we can handle. And it's that addiction to fear that can lead us to making a lot of excuses for why an opportunity isn't a good fit for us or why we think we're not good enough for it. Excuses are mental barriers that we erect that hold us back. Yes, Okay. I get it. In some instances, we have valid reason to not go for something. And I'm not sitting here telling you to be irresponsible. But if you really sit with yourself, you, you know, okay, you know, when something is valid and you know, when you're making an excuse that's based in fear and self-doubt, get honest, think back to some opportunities that you chose to pass up. What reasons did you give yourself to not go for it? And then dive even deeper. Were these reasons legitimate or just excuses? Anytime I'm faced with taking a leap and doubt shows up, I try to sit with those feelings of fear and take time to dissect them. The easiest way to do this is to start out by asking yourself why and then following that up with the question of, is it true or not? Number 10 is practice self compassion. Self compassion is extending compassion to oneself in instances of perceived inadequacy, failure, or general suffering. Dr. Kristen Neff, who is a self compassion expert, has defined self compassion as being composed of three main components self kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. And you know, I found that for whatever reason, it's way easier for me to extend compassion to other people even when they don't deserve it but when it comes to myself finding compassion is hard af it's really hard but but at the root of it self-compassion is simply just being kind to yourself it's letting go of the need to be perfect it's allowing yourself to start over as many times as you need to and it's committing to meeting yourself wherever you're at on a moment-to-moment basis right? My yoga practice has really taught me to be more compassionate towards myself. And I touched on this in episode six, I believe it was, which is all about yoga and self-love. But honoring how you're feeling and refraining from casting judgments is an act of self-compassion. And self-compassion can be practiced in big ways and in small ways each day. And I think when we commit to becoming more aware, we can more easily discover those pockets of opportunity within our days to start practicing more self-compassion. Number 11 is be mindful of your close circle, and I've actually gotten quite a few DMs about this on Instagram. Energy is contagious, okay? There's a popular saying that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with, and you know, there's no scientific study to support that particular statement, but there is some scientific truth to it. We know from brain plasticity research that experiences reorganize neural pathways in the brain, which would mean those that we habitually spend time with can have a profound effect on us, whether we're aware of it or not. So who do you spend the most time with? What effect do they have on you? When you spend time with them, do you walk away feeling better or worse? The people that you surround yourself with are incredibly important. You know, and speaking of your tribe, let's move on to number 12. Number 12 is to refrain from seeking outside validation. I know this is really hard, okay? It's it's hard for me. It's really hard. This has been an equally important and tough step for me because for years I trained myself to live my life according to other people's opinions and feelings. I literally would only take action if I received validation from someone outside of myself. And honestly, all that did for me was make me believe that I didn't know what I wanted and that I couldn't trust myself, which was an absolute recipe for disaster. Now, I also want to be clear, though, I do think that seeking others' input and advice can be super helpful in some instances. You know, we as humans need connection and it feels good to seek help and support in tough situations. What I mean by this step, though, is that if you are in the habit of chronically asking others what they think before making decisions, you might be weakening your faith in yourself which is only going to feed your self-doubt. You know, I I think it's like you got to find this balance. You got to take some advice from people you trust, but at some point you have to take the decision back into your hands and make a decision on what feels right for you. There has to be some balance there, you know, and really only you know what that feels like. Number 13. Oh boy, this is a good one. Get your pen ready. Reframe your thoughts on failure. Guys, failure is not bad. Failure isn't bad. Failure is an opportunity for you to learn. And it's a powerful player in in the game of growth. When things go wrong, we have the opportunity to gain intel on what works and what doesn't, and then make a new and more informed choice from there. You know, we oftentimes doubt and limit ourselves because we're afraid of failing. But the way that we start building self-trust and self-confidence is by taking action, which sometimes comes along with, air quotes are being used right now, failing. Your world will not expand unless you do. And when stepping outside of your comfort zone, yes, there is risk involved. But there's also massive opportunities for growth, okay? Think about a baby learning to walk. Think about how many times they tumble over. If we looked at each fall as a failure, we would never learn to walk. If we let each tumble become a limiting belief, right? At the first tumble, we'd be like, nope, I can't walk. Nope, not walking. you'd you'd never learn how to walk each tumble is a new lesson learned each fall is balanced more deeply understood and felt by the body and each time we choose to get back up regardless of the risks of failing or falling in this case we open ourselves to reaching our fullest potential okay that's like a really random example but that's just honestly the first one that came to mind and i hope that that made sense but you know what i mean you gotta you gotta reframe your mind around failure failure isn't bad it's a tool to use for growth. Obviously, we're not aiming to fail when we try things, but you can't let that stop you. Mm, number 14. Number 14 is forgiveness and Again, this could be a whole episode on its own, but I'm going to keep this short and sweet and just say that by holding on to feelings of bitterness or even holding on to feelings of resentment, we inevitably keep ourselves stuck in a toxic cycle of negativity and a loop of shame. Finding forgiveness for yourself and others improves self-confidence because it connects us with our innate loving nature. It encourages us to find acceptance for ourselves and for others despite our flaws and forgiveness is another major layer in my method that I teach in the yoga inspired life program and it's one that many of us myself included have a really hard time with but it's vital And forgiveness, as I speak of it right now, it's all about setting yourself free and giving yourself permission to heal and create space for things that fill you up and make you feel good. You are not your circumstances or your past. Learning to differentiate between your circumstances and past and who you are at your core is key to self-worth and self-confidence. Recognizing your inner worth and loving one's imperfect self provides an unshakable foundation for growth. And with that, you really free yourself to grow with excitement instead of living in fear of failure because you know that failure doesn't change your core worth. We are all born with infinite potential and equal worth as human beings. Saying or thinking that we are anything less is a false belief that we have learned over time. And with intentional work, self-compassion and forgiveness, self-doubt and limiting beliefs can be unlearned. Just know that if you're doubting yourself right now, you're not alone. I have been there many, many, many times in my life. And I suspect since I'm human, I will probably be there again in the future. So know that you're not alone and see how you can implement some of these things that I shared with you today. I'm telling you if, you, if you put action behind your intention, right, if your intention is to overcome self-doubt and you put some inspired, aligned action behind those intentions, things will shift. But you got to start showing up for yourself, right? Sometimes it takes us getting to the point where we're just tired of our own shit and no one can get you to that place but you. But I'm telling you, if you're there, if you're tired of feeling this way and you want to overcome self-doubt... Put these steps into action consistently. Commit to affirming your real worth. And trust me when I say with time and patience, you'll start to unlearn this self-doubt and unlearn these limiting beliefs and start to relearn the truth about you, which is that you are capable, you are worthy, you are amazing, and you are loved. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Yoga Inspired Life podcast. I hope you got something valuable from it and feel empowered to take inspired action. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with me today. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I loved creating it, then please subscribe and leave a review. And if you know of anyone that would benefit from the podcast, I would love it if you would share it with them. I always say that we rise by lifting others, and this is a totally independent podcast, so every little bit of support truly means so much to me. If you're looking for more, let's connect on Instagram. You can find me at Shayla Quinn. I hope you have an amazing week. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you next week.